the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I, as always, have prepared, have meticulously prepared, I should say, a very engaging show for you tonight. You know, again, the hardest part of the week is cutting down all of the headlines, trying to find something that at least gives us an opportunity for a silver lining, but also some real substance to talk about. There's a lot of that tonight. Um, one of the most development, one of the most significant developments this week that had a lot of people talking towards the beginning of the week, of course, was the coroner actually releasing the cause of death. Now, we knew the manner of death. We knew it was a homicide. This is, of course, Gabby Petito. But the cause of death by strangulation, uh, this was something that many people guessed. I know a lot of people were guessing the top two, uh, their ideas as to what would likely the cause of death was going to be strangulation or blunt force uh, homicide, but strangulation is more up close and personal. And once everyone started talking about potential domestic violence, I mean, even the coroner slipped up and said it, people started wondering whether or not there was more going on behind the scenes than the idyllic, I'll call it a social media highlights reel of Gabby and Brian actually started to surface. So with that in mind, I mean, I know, Larry, you've had the same opportunity that I have to be following the news and what's going on and, you know, who's saying what. Um, were you surprised to hear that the cause of death was by strangulation? Not really. I've heard that intimate violence, it's also called intimate violence against women ends either in death or escape. And escape just leads to a new world of trauma, actually. So I wasn't really surprised when she's been missing that long with all the circumstances. Well, I'll tell you, that missing that long, you know, I've often said if every missing person's case and every homicide was given this level of attention, we'd probably solve many more than we did. And one of the things, in addition to, you know, creating a timeline, remember the coroner said that the body had been laying there for three to four weeks. In addition to creating a timeline, it also sort of, puts the timeline into perspective, given what we know and given the last photographs that we have of the couple together. Uh, we know that they were together on the last instance where they were at a restaurant and there were some patrons that noticed a domestic dispute. At least that's the words that they used. So, you know, we have much more to work with due to the coalition between the public and the police than we do in many cases. And Larry, I mean, I just see this as a sign of the times as we seem to be looking at 
the extent to which the public can be helpful. Now, we understand that no law enforcement agency wants to be totally overwhelmed with tips. There can be such thing as a, too much of a good thing, they would probably say. But an abundance of riches is never bad when we're talking about clues that can lead us both to figuring out how did Gabby die uh, and finding Brian Laundry, right? Totally right. It's interesting that uh, Brian's father, Chris Laundrie, is actually uh, enlisted himself in the search, and the FBI said that's probably a good sign that he's looking for him too. But what's interesting to me, Wendy, is they still haven't found him. And they're saying that there's a 50-50 chance that they're going to find him alive. So here's a question. Can Mr. Laundrie be tried in absentia? You know, it was happened on a federal, um, in a federal national park. And uh, at least the body was there. So if they can't determine exactly where she was killed, they'll just go with where the body was found. And that would be in a, a national park. So it would be a federal case, I believe. And so this is really interesting. Uh, under U.S. Rule 43, the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. Don't worry, folks. This is going to be fun uh, or interesting. Uh, <laughs> Good disclaimer. Larry. Yeah. During the course of a trial, can be tried and convicted in absentia. But what happens if the authorities can't determine the exact location of the body? Well, we've discussed that. But uh, if he's, but also there's been a case, and it's Crosby versus United States, that prohibits a trial in absentia if the defendant was not there at the beginning of the trial. And so if he was there at the beginning of the trial, then he flees. Yes, he can be tried in absentia and even convicted. But if he's not even there at all, they never find him. It's my understanding, Wendy, that he could not be tried. Is that your understanding? Well, you, you're springing this on me without giving me 24, 48, 72 <laughs> hours to look at the briefs on both sides, compare the case law, see if there's distinguishing factors. You know, one thing I've learned as a lawyer is we don't shoot from the hip. But that issue is an interesting one because uh, it, we were talking about it most recently with respect to Prince Andrew. Remember that? Yes. So that's a civil case and they're going to have the trial without him. It's a civil case. It's going to be an empty chair on his side of the room. But there's very different rules that, that apply to both civil and criminal. Um, I've had several cases where defendants have uh, absented themselves after the, the beginning of the trial. They were there at the beginning. Um, and, but when it comes to something like Brian Laundry, I know that, you know, Gabby's family, as well as the rest of the nation, would really like to see him brought to justice personally. Yes. Uh, and, and they would probably really want to have that happen for closure purposes, no doubt. So when we see cases like this that are so important, so high profile, um, you know, so out there in terms of not even knowing whether he's, as you say, dead or alive, I think this would probably be something where even if it were legally po possible, which I don't think it is, but even if it were, uh, everybody would probably rather him have to watch the, the evidence against him. Right. And it's interesting. A lot of people will ask, well, why hasn't he been charged with murder? It's pretty obvious. You know, she's been strangled. That's been shown. But I one of the attorneys in the case uh, that is at least investigating the case said once you charge a person with murder, the clock starts running. It is And so they don't want to do that until they've got a little bit more evidence. They've got a really solid case, and hopefully they have him in custody. And uh, so there is a, a, an aspect of the time, right? The clock will start running once you're charged. I, Larry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
goodness. We are, let's not set precedent. We've got the okay. questions on the air. I, I need to go back and research and look at the jurisdictional differences of state and federal and all that. Well, that's what he said. So I'm going to go with what the attorney said. So we, I think oh, we can kind of relate. lawyers always know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. You know, I could argue both sides of, of the timing aspect of it, because on the one hand, you know, we always want to make sure that we don't, you know, charge somebody, get them in custody and then um, arrest them and not be able to bring charges. But it's very different when you look at the amount of time that these investigators are working behind the scenes. I have to believe, and I'm sure you agree, they know more than they're telling us. They have to keep things close to the vest. We don't want to compromise the integrity of an ongoing investigation. Remember, even Cassie, Cassandra, Brian's sister, what did she say? She made a statement, I don't know whether it was intentional or not, that the FBI knows more than we do. Well, why does she think that? Uh, probably not because she's a forensic crime drama watching junkie, but because she's probably learned as much in the course of the investigation within this case. So um, a lot to talk about. But Larry, I know you also like talking politics. Right. Yeah, I've got a segment here. I'll call it a commentary and I'll excuse you, Wendy, from this commentary. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you haven't necessarily, <laughs> you haven't, you don't know exactly what I'm going to say in the, in the station too, but as just the, some ideas I've got. And I'm just calling this a kingdom divided. So what we're seeing this year is the breathtaking disintegration of the United States of America or a transformation in what I call Obama 3.0. The people currently ruling our nation, starting with the president on down, seem to be disassociated from reality. The Bible says that if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So consider what's happening in America this very moment. Doctors, nurses, paramedics, and other healthcare professionals are now being fired by the thousands for refusing to be injected with an experimental and unproven medicine that... They don't want nor need. Same with the U.S. military, law enforcement, teachers, federal employees, and countless other Americans. Over 100 million Americans have recovered from COVID and possess natural immunity that's more robust and longer lasting than any COVID vaccine. The COVID recovered also have a 4.4 times greater likelihood of adverse effects from the vaccine if they're forced to get a vaccine after they've recovered from COVID. Yet the Biden administration is forcing them to take it or lose their jobs. Kids are being forced to wear masks all day to their psychological detriment and are being threatened with being forced to take risky and unneeded gene therapy. And that's not just even talk about the border that's totally wide open. I call it bino, border in name only. And uh, there's been many people that are being seated all over the country. They have not been tested for COVID. And how about the Afghanistan disaster? We uh, are not trusted any longer by our allies because of the way we pulled out of Afghanistan. And that's not even to go to the social chaos that's happening. It's um, the leftist Democrats claim to be the party of science. And they insist that uh, men menstruate, get pregnant, and have babies and chest feed. And that babies aren't actually human until the moment they're born. And then they magically are transformed into these precious children. Also, we're teaching critical race theory, te- teaching our kids how to hate each other, which that's wrong. Martin Luther King Jr. would not approve of that. We're sexualizing our kids through comprehensive sexuality education. And we're even talking about defund the police. Well, how about this? What if we defund the university? in the public schools. So that's my thought. We need to hang together. The truth will set you free. That's what the Bible says. So let's hang together and get at the truth.
So you learned two new phrases, bino. I thought somehow you were going to tie that into Joe Biden. And you learned about chest feeding. So very, very passionate commentary, Larry, as always. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Um, we need to take a short break. Stick around for the next segment. You're going to meet somebody that knows about the inner workings of the Communist Chinese Party, who actually taught English to Communist Party officials. Sound interesting? Stick with us. You're listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and Larry and I are delighted to welcome you to the second half of our show, where, Larry, I understand we have a very interesting special guest on the line. We really do, Wendy. Uh, We have Mr. Bob Fu. He's the founder and president of China Aid. Bob Fu was born and raised in mainland China. He was a student leader during the Tiananmen Square demonstrations for freedom and democracy in 1989 that I think many of us can remember After graduating from the People's University of Beijing, he actually taught English to Communist Party officials in China. He was also a house leader of a a Christian church in Beijing, and because of that, he was imprisoned and for two months for illegal evangelism. That was the charge. He fled to the United States with his wife, and he founded China Aid in 2002 to bring international attention to China's gross human rights violations and to promote religious freedom in China. Now, he's testified many times before Congress. He's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, and he's the Family Research Council Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom. He's got a great autobiography out called God's Double Agent and a second book, the politics of inclusive pluralism that outlines his proposed foundation for religious freedom in post-communist democratic China. Thank you for joining us today, Bob. Thank you, Larry and Dr. Wendy, for having me. Bob, given that history, oh my goodness, the being imprisoned and everything that you went through through your faith, being a, a church leader and really suffering for it in exactly the way it says the, the Jesus predicted in the Bible, um, I understand you also grew up not only in communist China, but see, but teaching English to some of the communist leadership members in Beijing. I was just curious, how did you first become a Christian within an environment like that? Yeah, uh, Dr. Wendy, it's um, nothing but God's grace. You know, as we uh, summarize Amen. our uh, faith journey, I mean, I grew up uh, and educated as an atheist under the Chinese Communist Party's culture, had never heard the gospel, uh, and uh, only the propaganda about uh, how Western missionaries, countries trying to use uh, Christianity to uh, invade Chinese culture, uh, you know, this kind of propaganda, until the crackdown, the massacre uh, for a Tiananmen Square students' moment. 
as Dr. Larry just mentioned, um, and uh, then really uh, through American missionaries, uh, I heard the gospel for the first time uh, fully, and then got my uh, first copy of the Bible smuggled out from uh, Hong Kong, and uh, that's uh, how I came to know the Lord um, as my Savior and Lord, and then uh, there was a big revival after the Tiananmen massacre among the Chinese students and the intellectuals. And literally hundreds of thousands of Chinese uh, students, professors, and uh, intellectuals came to Christian faith after that bloody massacre. Well, Bob, so how are Christians in China treated today? Are they able to worship and practice their faith freely or does the government restrict their activities? Oh, Larry, I mean, the kind of uh, restriction and persecution against the Christians today perhaps is the worst uh, since Chairman uh, uh, Mao launched the Cultural Revolution 40 years ago. For the first time we, uh, since the Cultural Revolution, we have seen uh, millions of Chinese children, Christian children, were forced to sign a Communist Party prepared form to renounce their faith. And for the first time since the Cultural Revolution, we have seen the Bible which uh, were burnt and the uh, thousands of uh, the uh, crosses on the rooftop of the church building, even in the government-sanctioned churches, were being destroyed. Uh, being burned, uh, forcefully uh, demolished, and uh, we have seen, of course, uh, the under the banner of sinicization, the Communist Party basically tried to put the Christians and Christian churches uh, under its uh, total, absolute control. I mean, those uh, churches were are allowed to exist. You, uh, the members and the leaders of the church, have to. Uh, pledge their absolute loyalty and the devotion to Chairman President Xi Jinping first before Jesus Christ. So in any uh, Sunday worship service, the congregation is mandated to sing the Communist Party's national anthem before singing doxology. And the Communist Party leaders have to preach the second part of the sermon uh, after the uh, pastor preached a uh, uh, kind of a pre-cleared uh, uh, sermon, a message with socialism and communism. Uh, so that is called uh, to make Christianity compatible with communism and socialism. Um, you know, so that, obviously, I mean, we, yes. obviously we know that that's impossible. I was just wondering how is a practical matter that is received by the Christian community? I mean, is it just tolerated because it's a way to, to practice Christianity within that sort of a regime? Or is there a lot of pushback and churches basically wanting to operate like Christian churches? Like uh, the early churches, really, we have seen a very um, uh, strong, uh, steady uh, kind of a, a spirit of resistance uh, among those uh, uh, persecuted believers. I mean, they're not like uh, holding any uh, like arms or, or doing even public protests. Their, their best resistance is to keep spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter 
what happens to them. I mean, you, we have seen thousands of uh, Chinese Christian evangelists, you know, they were persecuted, they were imprisoned, and then they turned to their detention center and prison as a church. And uh, we have uh, just received reports. I mean, one like evangelist, uh, Brother Chen Wenxiong, he was imprisoned. And every time, I mean, uh, since uh, January 1st, Chinese New Year, he had been going out to public evangelism. He had been already put in prison detention centers, uh, I mean, for a number of times. Every time uh, after he was released, he always proclaimed the hallelujah, the Lord gave me another opportunity to share the gospel to these uh, wow. uh, 20 prisoners, uh, to the prison officials uh, well, for the first time they just can like hear Paul. the gospel. So, Yes, uh, Bob, we've witnessed the Communist Chinese Party, the CCP, take over Hong Kong and then make moves in the South China Sea and even threatening Taiwan. In your opinion, does the Chinese government have its eyes on world domination? Well, absolutely. The Chinese Communist Party's ambition is uh, to destroy the free world and to dominate and destroy our free value. I mean, the life uh, and uh, the word of you and of the free society. And uh, look at what happened uh, to Taiwan, a, a very vital democratic uh, society shared uh, with uh, ours, the very core universal values, such as uh, the first freedom, religious freedom. I mean, the Chinese Communist Party sent over 150 military fighter jets, bombers, um, within a few days before Taiwan celebrated its national 110th National Day on October 10th. And uh, they are sending uh, their dominant forces, running uh, several thousands of uh, military and other ports uh, from South America and half of South America and from Africa and Europe, uh, in the name of one belt, one road for economic dominance. They are uh, everywhere in the U.S. penetrating American university campuses, uh, which, you know, our students already being branched, brainwashed by the lefty ideology, the cancel culture. Now you have Chinese Communist Party set up so-called Confucius Institutes to use communist ideology and the censorship into American campuses. And you have the, you know, they have successfully, of course, uh, uh, make the American business uh, community surrender to their will. You have NBA players um, basically defend the communist dictatorship uh, over uh, the uh, basic freedom of speech. I mean, so these are uh, the very clear signs and uh, actions showing the the, the, the attention. Uh, I'm the intention for the Chinese Communist Party to dominate the world. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you, you could briefly talk about this, and don't feel pressured to answer this, but do you think that this virus that's attacked the world came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Did they have anything to do with it, the Communist Chinese Party, in your opinion? And again, don't feel pressured to answer if you don't want to. I think you know, we're I'd up like against the clock. <laughs> Maybe a yes yeah, or no. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We have seen from clear evidence the Chinese Communist Party is behind this. And uh, this is not a, a kind of a, 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 a 
uh, uh, upfront deliberate uh, leaking, at least we know the virus came from that lab, the right. Wuhan Institute of Virology. Right, Bob, we're up against a hard break here. Bob, I'm sorry, we're up against a hard break, but Wendy's going to... I think you got some great information in there, Bob. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It was very interesting conversation. And Please God come back. And all the Please come doing. back. Yes. And thank you to the rest of you for joining us. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. Please join us next week for more of Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.